Hello listeners, welcome to the Vavil EFL podcast. We've had to wait a while but league football is finally within sight and what better way to start the season than embarrass ourselves with some predictions. Joining us as always is Mr James Crosson, but sadly for us we've lost a soldier to club media, haven't we James? Good evening all. As you've probably noticed it's Adam presenting first instead of Kellum. With the new season here there has been a major change. Unfortunately Kel has departed. We have to congratulate him as he's taken a full-time role at Rotherham United and so can no longer join us permanently. We do wish him all the best and I hope that you continue to listen to just me and Adam. <laughs> so yeah, going forward, it's going to be just going to be myself and James, but obviously as we, we always like to do, we, we like to bring in more people than just ourselves. So uh, for this podcast, it's going to be solely League Two football and we'll be joined by the deputy editor of League Two, Dave Crowvergreen. So Dave, nice for you to join us. Thanks for having me on. So, as you all know, there's five new teams in our new look League Two. One team who've never played at this division before, Harrogate Town. So, a newcomer to the both League Two and the league system. But first, we are going to concentrate on the promotion contenders. Sorry, Harrogate Town fans, you will not find yourselves up here on our podcast. So, Dave, <laughs> please, would you let us know who you believe as a League Two expert in the room? Who you think will be at the top come May? Well, obviously, uh, you get your three automatic promoted teams from from League Two. Um, I think the strongest strongest side going into the season is is arguably the weakest side coming down from League One. But it's been a summer of change at the club, and I think Bolton Wanderers obviously will be the name that most people think are going to be League Two champions. If you look at um, their summer, they've had a new manager in Ian Everett. Um, did really well at Barrow. It'd be interesting to see how he how he takes on uh, league football at Bolton because um, it's a completely different expectation. No one really was expecting him to do that much really with Barrow, but he comes into Bolton with a team that are expecting to bounce straight back. They've only been in league two once before, um, which was in 1988. So uh, they'll be looking to go straight back. They've made a load of signings. Um, I believe it's over 15 now. At the time that I was writing things about the summer, it was 15 new signings and, Obviously, you've got one in Owen Doyle there, which is the name that a lot of people will be looking at after his great season for Swindon. So I think I think Bolton will be the name that a lot of people will be looking at for for champions next season. Yeah, see that they're a really interesting team, aren't they? Because when you make signings like that, so many signings in one summit, it can go one of two ways, can't it? You have a absolutely storm to the title or you, you have the mediocrity and, and struggle to, to get started. I, I can see it being the latter at the very start of the season. Bringing so many bodies through the door at the start is just... I, I can't see them having the cohesion and, and the squad togetherness that you come to expect for teams that do well in uh, the Football League. So, But definitely as the, as the season progresses, I can see Bolton doing really, really well. But as you said, they're never new to the league and Will he be able to get to grips to to all the different teams and the style of football that he's going to have to come up against? He's he was known for the his ticky tacky football at Barrow, so can he implement that at Bolton? Will uh, only time will tell. Yeah, I think that's the thing as well. You, with so many people coming in, like you say, and then adapting to Ian Everett's style, there will be that pressure. And I suppose it's whether the board have got faith in him to do it and whether they're going to give him that time because if if they go maybe six seven games at the start of the season and only pick up one or two wins it, it, is the pressure suddenly going to be piled on him but he's made some good signings as well obviously like I say Doyle is the main one and they'll be looking for goals from him but I think 
Uh, Anthony Sarsavik as well is a great signing, as well as George Taft at the back as well. Um, and he's got those younger players as well that he'd be looking to try and try and get in to try and build this high intensity sort of possession football that he's known for. So I think managing the expectation will be the challenge, but if he can get those ideas across quickly, like we like we said, I think I think he it should be a good season for them. I agree there. They're, I mean, they've got players there. Um, you, you, you just touched on Anthony Sarsavich and George Taft is so experienced at this level. Uh, but he, even some of the younger players have brought in Billy Krellin uh, from Fleetwood, I think is one that's gone quite under the radar. Um, is a fantastic uh, signing, a uh, young goalkeeper who's been part of the England setup since under 16 level. Um, he'll be really looking to make a name for himself. Um, and, and I think as well, like Alex Baptiste, Nathan Dalfuenzo, um, all players that have played at this level and higher, um, and, and they could really, if they do gel, as you've just said, they could really become a force this season. Uh, just depends on how they do react from, I mean, 15 signings coming through the door and even more going out. Um, it is a summer of change, but if they do get it right, it's definitely, it's definitely going to be a good one for them. Yeah, and I think... With them as well, am I right in saying the Sarchevis is the captain as well for this season? So literally completely different squad, as you said. And what we say a lot in football is that winning and losing does become a habit. So the old Bolton team that, that were used to losing last season won't have that uh, over their heads. So you could say that it's maybe less of a worry for them that they, they didn't have that experience in League One last year and they it's a complete new slate for them. It really can go one or two ways for Bolton. But moving on to it, another contender, you could say, Tramir Rovers, who just another team come down from League One last season. What do you think of them, Dave? Do you think they've got the, the, the players that can compete in League Two, compete for the League title, or do you think they'll hover around the playoffs mid-table position? Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. I, I, I've been trying to, um, over the last couple of weeks building up to the new season, I've been trying to evaluate what where I kind of think Tramia are going to end up. And I, I do think they are going to be one of those teams in, a, in and around definitely the playoff picture. Um, but it's, it's, it's a difficult one because they came down from, from League One, um, sort of the best out of the three, and they were, they were maybe unlucky to end up back in League Two. Um, and obviously Mickey Mellon leaving to go to Dundee United is, is a, a big thing for them because um, he was so influential in, in them getting promoted and the double promotion from the National League. Um, but it's it, it's one of those seasons where I think they'll have a lot of expectation like Bolton. I, I can't see their fans or, or the board really looking at it and thinking, if we don't get back out, it's not been a great season. Um, and to be fair to them, they've made some decent signings. I think Jay Spearing is a brilliant signing for the level. Um, Otis Khan from Mansfield Town, he was a bit hit and miss at Mansfield, but at Yeovil he was he was fairly decent for the for the most part and James Vaughan is a proven forward. So um I think it'd be an interesting one, but I think there's there's slightly more pressure on Tranmere they might feel um than a team like Bolton and I think that could hinder them towards maybe where the pressure starts coming in at the end of the season, whether they'll be able to to get back up again. And Dave, uh, just going on from that, obviously you did mention two other teams earlier in the discussion with us. Uh, so who would your two picks for automatic promotion be after Bolton? Yeah, so firstly, I'll, I'm going to go with Cheltenham Town. They were incredibly um, unlucky not to not to get promoted automatically. Slipped off a bit in the playoffs with that defeat to, 
the eventual winners in Northampton. But from what I watched last season of League Two football, they were the best team that I, best football inside that I saw all season. Um, and Michael Duff has got got that team playing in a way where um, they're just they're just great to watch. And I think last season was their best sort of best finish in six seven years in the in the football league. Um, so they'll obviously be aiming for the same same sort of area. I think losing losing a key man in Ryan Broom might be a, might be a, a difficulty for him. Obviously, I'm going to Peterborough, um, but they've made some decent signings. Liam Circum's an experienced midfielder, and he'll he'll come in and, and do a job as will Andy Williams up front. He's he's proven at level and did a job at Northampton last season in their promotion season. Um, so if you sort of add those to that existing core of like Will Boyle, Charlie Raglan, Ben Toza. Um, I think Cheltenham will definitely be up, up around the playoffs again. Whether they can push uh, to the automatics is the is the is the added bit for them next season. And then the third team, um, it's hard not to look past Salford City. Really, I mean, last season eleventh place. I think even for their standards, coming out of the National League, I think they'll be slightly disappointed that they didn't make the playoffs um, after obviously the financial backing that they've got. They've got an experienced manager in Graham Alexander. I think they tailed off a bit at times and just didn't have the squad to really get those results that they needed. But if you look at the players they brought in, certainly before the introduction of the salary cap, Tom Clark from from Preston and Jordan Turnbull from Northampton as well, they're great centre-backs for the level. Ashley Hunter coming back in permanently and, and then you go and get a player like Ian Henderson up front who just... In League One, he was on fire. So, who knows what he's going to be like in League Two? But yeah, if if anything but the playoffs, really. I mean, if you look at Salford, anything but the playoffs. I think they'll be extremely disappointed um, come the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. The amount of money that they've spent over the past few years, even in the National League, was as you said, you you sort of expected them to be in the playoffs last season. I think the bookies had them on to to finish a lot higher than they did. So they probably made a lot of money. So they. I can imagine they were very happy with that, but yeah, they've they've brought in some brilliant players as you can imagine, and we've seen Pete, obviously Peter Lim in the class of ninety two involved uh, with Salford, and Peter Lim's kind of putting all his legs in the Salford basket, so to speak. With he he's selling a lot of Valencia players and sort of making massive cuts there. To is that a a decision to solely focus on on Salford? Only time will tell, but. They're in a really, really strong position with the squad they've got. They've got a, a good manager. Uh, he, would you say he done well to keep his job last season? It's hard to say because they were they to come up from the national league and to go straight up for promotion, regardless of the amount of money you can spend, is a massive ask. Uh, so that that was probably why he did keep his job. But I, I can't imagine the board being too patient with him this season if they they do start slow. There's a lot of top teams in this league. Um, and I think it's a really, really one of the more exciting uh, leagues that we'll see in the English football this year. Just for the amount of teams that we we can say that are, are contending for for the automatics. We've got Bolton, Salford, Tranmere, Mansfield, Port Vale. So there's a lot of top teams fine for them, top places. And to go on to the other team that you mentioned as well, Cheltenham Town. They were so good defensively last season. I think it was was it 27 goals they conceded last year. So, which in thirty six games was just that's just unbelievable, isn't it? They were they were deemed the surprise package. I think with with the surprise packages, there may be an expectation for them as Dave's got for them to be in and around 
the, the automatics in the playoffs again this year, but they've lost one or two and and they probably performed so well last year because they didn't have that expectation. But now when it's on them, when the pressure's on them and when, when everybody's expecting them to be there or thereabouts, will they perform again? Uh, I, I I don't know. I, in my mind, I don't have them up there. Uh, and this could be one of them that gets clipped and brought back in a, a few months' time. But I don't know. I, personally, I just don't think Cheltenham will, will have what it takes to compete with the likes of Tramir and Bolton for the, for the title. They, they, they could be... You know, punching for them, but where would they put? Would you last them be finishing the playoffs as punching um, James? Do you think that Cheltenham are a team that are, are well and truly a playoff team now, or do you think that may have just been a, an anomaly last year? I think that the strength that Cheltenham have, and Dave, you may want to expand on this a little bit, is that they weren't exactly a force going forward. It was their defensive capabilities that were what took them to such highs in the first place. I mean, we touched on it in the previous podcast that they never conceded up until the Northampton um, second leg of the playoffs. They never conceded more than one goal last season and they've not lost any of their defenders either. So I, I personally don't think that there's a, there's a, there's an expectation. I know what you're saying with the um, teams that sort of finish above their station in some tops in some leagues and underdogs, for example, that they may have one or two. For example, uh, if you look at Northampton last season with Dane Oliver and Callum Morton, who both were un- unplayable at times, and what's happened there is they've now gone up and lost both of those players. Um, that's not happened with Cheltenham. They don't have that sort of one or two player that, that is is sort of the beacon of, of their season. They had a defence of six or seven different players that was sort of reinforcing every game how good they were. And they haven't lost any of that. And I think as well, they've also added Andy Williams from Northampton who scored in the playoff final. They've added Liam Sercom as well, who is a great sort of outlet for assists uh, and is so experienced at this level. So I can see why Dave got them up there. I think they've really improved smartly uh, from last season and they haven't really been weakened either. So um, I have to say that I, I'm siding with Dave on that one. Um, I think I think they are definitely someone to be looked at as uh, a very dangerous outfit and that they could definitely improve on the playoff position. Uh, but I think what needs to be considered now is obviously if Cheltenham are to finish higher than the playoffs who will be taking them spots and I know Dave that you've got a couple of teams who you have picked out that may finish in the playoff spots okay so um yeah I mean you can't really talk about the the league two playoffs without mentioning Exeter like Exeter are the league two playoff team and last season I think uh, was arguably the the toughest one for them to take. I think a four was the heavy defeat in the in the playoff final um, to the underdogs of the, of the League Two playoffs that season in Northampton really wasn't um, what they would have expected. But every season Exeter, you can't you just can't see past them getting in the playoffs. And I think um, Matt Taylor would be desperate to to try and get in the automatics, but I just can't see. Um, them pushing there obviously they're going to be up and around there they do um they've lost 
a lot of experienced players in Lee Martin, Dean Moxie, Lee Holmes. Um, but they have replaced them as well. Rory McArdle came in and J- uh, Jake Caprice from Tramley is a good signing as well. Um, I think a lot of it will depend on re- whether Ryan Bowman can have a similar sort of goal-scoring season that he had to last season. Um, but Exeter, like I say, is just one of those sides where you'll come come May and you'll look to the table and if you've not been following League Two, you'll you just assume that they're in the playoffs because they're just that sort of team. They seem to find the results at the end of the season. So I wouldn't be surprised to see... Uh, see Exeter up there next season yeah I think it's only going to be a matter of time before they break that Wembley duck isn't it they, they've seemed to always be there every single season to, in recent memory maybe their best chance is the automatics to, to avoid the playoffs and, and losing that one off game but yeah I, as you said they are a very strong side they've added, they've added strongly again as you'd come to expect from them Um. You know, they, they they weren't particularly amazing going forward or defensively last season, but they were they were just able to grind out the results, and that's what top teams do. So, as you said, you can they're almost a certainty to finish up there, and as long as they they don't take what they have for granted and what they've done in the recent seasons for granted, then they should be up there for for sure. They're always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> that's Exeter. Always in the final, never actually got there. I, I think, I think that's definitely Adam. I think that I, I don't know. I mean, we looked last season and they had a pretty much brand new squad. There was no Paul Tisdale um, at the helm who has has tasted defeat at Wembley twice, and, and they still didn't manage it. So I think you might be right there, Adam. I think if they do finish in the playoffs, then it could be another season of woe, unfortunately. Staying on the whole promotion thing, Dave, is there a team in particular that that maybe the bookies aren't tipping for promotion, or or we're not thinking straight away that they're a promoted side, but could could punch above their weight this season? Uh, I mean, if you if you're talking about dark horses, I I think weirdly just a team that I I've been impressed with their recruitment this season. I don't think a lot of people really are, are tipping them because of how poor they did last season. But Carlisle United, I think, will be. Um, maybe the dark horse for the for the bookies for the promotion that people aren't really thinking about. It's been pretty much um, one team in and one team out this summer. They've made so many changes and they brought some really experienced players in. If you if uh, you look at Dean Furman, South African international, coming into um, midfield, they made uh, George Tanner, Joe Riley, um, Danny Devine as well. Um, really good signings for the level, and I think Josh Coyote up front on loan from from Rotherham United as well is a is a great signing for them. So whether Chris Beach can can get that side gelling, I know they played in the EFL Trophy last night, um, lost at home to Fleetwood, but but didn't put a, a performance in that was particularly disappointing. They just lost to a, a stronger League One side. But yeah, I think if if someone's to ask for a sort of dark horse for next season, they'll be my pick. And- James, same question for you. Is there a team in particular that you think will punch above their weight, like Cheltenham, or, or will we see the, the, the same teams vying for promotion? Uh, for me, I think that Port Vale um, are one that could, shouldn't be written off too early. I think that this season they looked in really good form before the break um, and were unlucky as to how the season finished. I mean, they were eighth, uh, a point away from Northampton, who ended up going up so I, I think they are definitely a team that that shouldn't be sort of written off too early 
Uh, they've got Theo Robinson. Um, so he's doing his Tordy League Two. Uh, he's on his 20th club, I believe, at the minute. So he's nearly there to a full house. Uh, Devante Rodney as well from Salford um, is a real presence up top. And if they can get a similar reaction out of him um, that Vidane Oliver sort of had at, at Northampton, then they could real, really be dark horses. I think Zach Mills as well offers a little bit of experience of the division. And and they are someone that I think shouldn't be written off, to be honest. They're, they're a, 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 str- a strong side, uh, backed by strong owners. And I know that it's going to hurt Dave to hear that, um, as you might end up playing them next season, Dave. I, I thought we weren't going to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. But no, in all seriousness, I think Port Vale are a team that um, could could really test the, the the sort of regular contenders, your, your Exeters and your um, Mansfields and the likes. Where do we stand on Bradford? Do we think that they've they've recruited well enough to to warrant a promotion? Or I mean, because they are a massive club and need to. Do you think they're ready for promotion, or would that be a step too too far for them? I'd, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, with Bradford, it's difficult because I think last season so many people um, tipped them to go straight back up. Um, the the summer's been interesting for them. I think losing a lot of players and they've not particularly. I don't think they've replaced um, enough players. Elliot Watt from Wolverhampton Wanderers is is a an interesting signing. I'll be I'll be intrigued to see how he gets on. Um, in their side, a bit, a few more senior appearances, and they've got him on a permanent deal as well. So that'll be a really interesting one. Billy Clark going back as well, um, but I'm just not sure. They just seem to me, they just seem like one of those sides that have all the promise of promotion, but will ultimately let you down and finish like they did last season, just outside the playoffs. And Dave, what do we think of Mansfield as well? Because last last season, obviously, they finished really, really poorly. They recruit well. What seemed to be good recruitment, they brought in a few decent players and they, they finished 21st last season. Do you think that they could be... Would it be a surprise package? Because they they have spent well. They brought in Nicky Maynard. They brought in a few other top players for the division, you could say. So would they be a team that you could see vying for those promotion places as well? Yeah, I think you've got to, really. I think last season was a major blip for them because obviously the season before they were up high in the playoffs and just missed out on automatic promotion. And, and then last season, it was one of those seasons where they were trying to change things, they had a change of manager. It didn't really work. Um, and like you say, this summer, they've, they've made some good signings. I think bringing Nicky Maynard back must have been the number one priority. Um, but they've also brought in two forwards in Jordan Barry and, and Jamie Reid from Torquay as well, um, who are two forwards that will provide great competition. If you add them with like... Danny Rose as well. If you look at four forwards that Mansfield have got, that's just goals at League Two level. Um, Ollie Clark from Bristol Rovers is a great signing. Um, and then you've got experience from players like James Perch and George Maris as well uh, from Cambridge. So we'll see how they get on. I think um, David Sharp coming in as um, the new CEO is a is a good step forward as well because I, I have read that he's had quite a, an interest in their transfer dealings. So... Um, having that experience, bringing the players that they've got in, I think I think they they should be looked at to be up there by the end of next season. James, what do you think? Do you think Mansfield have got what it takes? I think that if they aren't up there, 
that then there's going to be a very unhappy CEO at that club because Ollie Clark, I, I, I've seen him play against Coventry and I've seen him rip Coventry apart. And I mean, I've seen he'd rejected a contract at Bristol Rovers this summer and I, I kind of thought it was right at the start of the summer and I thought we, we could probably do a player like that. And to see him go down to League Two um, is, I'm not really sure why, but he, he's got to be one of the best players in that league. He's incredible um, for that level. Um, I think George Maris as well is another one who uh, had a lot of interest for championship clubs a couple of years back. He's gone off the boil a little bit since, but at the same time, if he can recapture that form, that centre-mid pairing could be uh, seriously, seriously formidable. So um, I'd be very surprised if they aren't up and around there at the end of the season. But at the same time, like you say, they, they had a real poor season last season. So it's going to be... It's going to be difficult to get out of that. Um, if they can, they're, they're on for a, a, a on for a good season. So, as James alludes to at the start, I think it's time to talk about Harrogate Town <laughs> and, and and Co. Who are going to potentially battle for the relegation? Do we think that, that sort of caliber of team? We've got a few, a few, a few that we've written down beforehand. We've got Morecambe, Steeridge, Oldham, new newcomers Barrow as well, Cambridge United. Dave, which team saying do you think, how many of them teams do you think are, are going to be battling for the relegations? Yeah, I think you're in, a, in and around the right sort of places with them. Um, the first one I'd sort of look at for, for relegation, which um, is a strange one really, but I think Stevenage obviously have to be there because if you, if you look at where Stevenage were at the start of August, they were looking towards preparing for a National League campaign. Um, they were signing players ready for that National League com- campaign and um, players that you would you would argue that were solid signings at, at fifth tier level. Um, suddenly, that announcement comes in that Macclesfield are going to get relegated, um, and Stevenage will be back in the league. I don't. You've got to feel for Alex Ravel because you, you look at it. You can imagine what's going through his head where you kind of think August eleventh time that announcement comes in, and he's suddenly got to prepare for a league higher than he was before. So. Stevenage last season, yeah, they only got 22 points um, from uh, up until the season was curtailed. So it, they weren't a great team before that. Um, and I think nobody would argue if they would have got relegated anyway because they were so poor throughout the season. And you look at the players they brought in, none of them are particularly um, inspiring. Ben Coker's is a decent signing at that level. But apart from that, you kind of look at their squad and and think, will they be able to mount a challenge for survival? I mean, they, they put a good fight up against Portsmouth in the Carabao Cup, drawing 3-3, going out on penalties. But throughout a league campaign, especially in a league like League Two, I just I can't see them getting out of it. And James, of the teams that we mentioned before, did we miss any or do we think we were we were banging the money there? Which team do you, which, which teams, two teams, do you think will, will get uh, sent down to the National League this season? Uh, for me, I have a bad feeling it may be the end of the road for perennial strugglers, Morecambe. I just think that they've rode their luck one too many times. I think the way that last season was sort of unfolding, they were getting closer and closer to that drop zone. I know that Stevenage were looking poor, um, but they, they were blessed in that Macclesfield had points deduction after points deduction after points deduction. It, it, it was... Uh, 
any other season and I, I think that they would have been in trouble and I don't think it's going to get any better for them. I think uh, they're good luck charming. Kevin Ellison's finally left. Um, and it's just every season that comes, it just gets diff- more difficult. Um, they lose more and more sort of League 2 experience. Um, and it, ju- it it's just get the standards getting better. You look at Barrow who have come up and although they've lost their manager and a few of their players, they've also recruited really well. Harrogate are really an unknown quantity. Although I did make a joke about them going down, I do think that most teams that get promoted do give the league a good go. So it's a really diff- it's a really difficult one. Looking through the people that they've signed, I mean Harry Davis and Bren Pringle are good experience for the division they're at. But if you look past that, there's it, it not really anything standing out at, as it stands. And it, 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 like I say, the league just becomes more and more difficult. So. I think it maybe more comes time. I know that obviously Kellum will stop listening after I've said that, uh, which is upsetting. But yeah, I I think apart from the teams already mentioned, more come for me. Um, We'll really struggle. What what do we think of Barrow? Because they came up and there was a lot of excitement. They've had a new manager. They've they've brought in a few new faces. They They played such good football last season in the National League. Did we think that they can attempt to play that football or do you think the new manager will have a completely new style of play um, they are expected to finish lower in the table so will they have to revert to the long ball tactic that we see so many teams in the division use just to to attempt to stay up uh, what, what do we think of that one Dave do you think Barrow have, have got chances to stay up or where do you think they are going to finish this season I think it's going to be one of those seasons where um, as long as I think in, in Barrow's minds if they finish 22nd like They'd snap your hands off before the end. If you offered that before the start of the season, for them to just stay in the division would be would be great. I mean, like you say, that recruitment-wise, it's not been too bad. I know they've lost some key players. You look at John Rooney um, and you think his goals from midfield last season were, were a key reason in, as to why they got promoted from the National League. Um, and I think losing, you'll really start to see by losing Ian Everett whether that style of play and whether that team togetherness that, that they managed to get out of that league was how much of it was actually down to him and his backroom staff. So it's going to be tough for David Dunn, but I think, like you guys said before, they brought some some decent players in for the level. I think Mike Jones from Carlisle is a, is a good, solid midfielder um, for, for League Two level. and it, It's going to be interesting. It's going to be one of the teams I'll be looking out for because... Um, I think a lot of people last season when they were when they were top of the national league really wanted them to to come up so I think it will be a really interesting season for them and I think they'll just just scrape through. And and James what do you think obviously last year we had Adam Johnson on from BBC Cumbria to talk about Barrow and and judging from the way that he was speaking he wasn't too confident that they were they they would achieved too much this season but in the same breath he was kind of alluding to well we've got a really good squad we've got a good manager now that manager's gone so where do you think they stand in your opinion i think that the 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 players that they've recruited although they're not exactly huge names i think they have recruited quite sensibly in in young players especially i mean callum gribbin for anyone who's ever played football manager will know is uh, insanely well thought of um, at Manchester United. He's had a few issues where he went in and out of the game. But if he can recapture any sort of form that he had, um, then then you'd like to think that 
that's a, a brilliant signing to more than replace John Rooney. Um, Bobby Burns as well from Hearts, left back, uh, is a fantastic young player. I've seen a fair bit of him coming through Northern Ireland youth level and he is a real good signing. I think if Hearts had have stayed up, I don't think he would have left there. I don't think, I think they've had a bit of a clear out and he's been one of the unfortunate ones that's left and I think I think they've got enough about them me I think that the the manager leaving I know we spoke to Adam and he said that obviously Ian Everett was a massive part of what they were doing that anyone who comes into that club um to that buys into that philosophy alongside David Dunn the new manager will be it'll be business as usual it, it, it if, if something isn't broke don't fix it is the age-old saying and I think if Barrow can continue where they left off the end of last season, they'll be absolutely fine. And obviously, Dave, there's been a few teams in the news recently, Charlton and Wigan, that have had serious off-field problems. And League Two isn't exempt from this. Uh, Southend is one team that have had really bad issues um, sort of stemming from the boardroom and, and filtering down onto the playing field. Sol Campbell left earlier in the summer um, and Oldham are another side who have had issues. How do you see their two seasons going? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, they're both teams where you kind of think, you look at, I think if we take South End first, their financial problems are obviously, everybody saw that last season when they got relegated, just 19 points. The squad's extremely thin um, for League One. Sol Campbell didn't make um, didn't try to hide any of that. He, he pretty much told everybody what it was like to to be the manager there. And they've got a new man in, um, Mark Mosley from Weymouth. Um, double promotion with that team in two seasons and um, got them up to the National League in, in two years. And um, whilst that is a great achievement, I think going into a team like Southend, whilst it's um, a great opportunity for him to try to show what he can do, it, it might prove to be um, a step too far for him. I think saving... A club like this is is quite difficult, and they are obviously going to struggle. I think if you look at their squad, um, they went down last season with an extremely youthful side, um, and I think ultimately they lacked experience in League One, and they're going to lack experience in League Two as well. Um, if some of the good players that they do have, I think if you look at Stephen Humphreys, you're going to have to try and look at him and Charlie Kelman for goals. I know a lot of teams in higher divisions have been looking at Charlie Kelman as a potential transfer. Um, he also brought in Brandon Goodship, who he, he worked with at Weymouth up front. So they're going to be looking at him and Stephen Humphreys for goals. Um, Jordan Green is a, is a, is a decent signing on loan from, from Barnsley with the ex- experience at, at Yeovil. Um, and then you've got experienced players like Jason Dimitri that are going to try and hope to can hold this team together, really. But that's the problem. And trying to, um, I don't think there's any chance of Southend ba- bouncing back at. Um, the first time of asking, it's more more of a concern that they might get relegated for a second time in a row, um, and that's just whether Mark Mosley can can try and get this young squad and try and get a few more players through the door. But it, obviously, we all know about their financial issues, and um, it's going to be a difficult season for them again. And as for Oldham, uh, how do you think their season pans out? Do you reckon that they've got any sort of ambitions to be? Heading north, back up to League One, or is it only the sort of downwards direction for those? See, Oldham are a difficult one because it's 
I think it's more out of frustration than it is out of uh, genuine. Well, there are genuine problems there, but it's not as extreme as Southend. The the owner um, is the issue, and the fans have made it very clear. There's there's clear boycotts from fans that uh, even when fans are allowed into the ground, refuse to go until the owner leaves. Um, the owner obviously is very stubborn. They've had, they've had issues with one of the stands um, being not able to be opened. There's been issues with player payments whilst on furlough. I know there's clear issues with players such as David Wheater um, regarding player payments and nobody knows whether he, he'll be back in the squad for next season um, as of yet. Sacking Dino Marmria in July um, was a very strange thing for them to do. Um, and Harry Kuehl comes in as a seventh head coach in, in the last two years. So that's that tends to be the issue at Oldham. And I think if you look at their recruitment, you can't really argue from what Kuehl had uh, when he came in. He just he had less than 10 senior players when he was appointed. Um, they've made some decent signings in Cameron Borthwick-Jackson and Zach Durnley, who were both on loan um, last season, have come in permanently. Connor McElhenney is a, is a good signing as well. And Ben Garrity on loan from Blackpool, who signed this week, is is another good signing. So recruitment-wise, they're looking good. It's just behind the scenes um, is where the issue is. And I think until those issues are sorted, it's going to be going to be holding them back. Sure. Right. Well, I guess that's all we've got time for today. We thank you, Dave, for joining us. I uh, hope you enjoyed our League Two preview. We'll be back again shortly for a League One preview as well, so make sure that you tune in. As always, you can tune into this podcast via Acast, Spotify or iTunes podcast. But for now, we thank you again, Dave, and we'll see you again soon.